0: Hey, welcome back to Film Festival Reviews. This is Christina Quiltmore, and it's been a few days since I took that four-hour drive to Silver Spring and back from Silver Docs Documentary Film Festival. Over the course of the week, I had some good conversations with people that I just met. The first interviews with David Kinsella, director of Love Letters from a children's prison. And then in between uh, films and silver sessions, I ran into Doreen Blunt, president of WIF, Women in Film and Video, DC chapter. A few days um, after that, I finally caught up with some friends, Melissa Liebert and Steve Ames, over lunch and uh, before everybody ran off in different directions. And then by the end of the week, I talked to Brad Hassey director and shooter of short film project B-Boy, and um, to end this segment, I have the directors from Sweden, Magnus Gertin and Stefan Berg, directors of Rolling Like a Stone, that won the Music Award. A couple of really interesting guys to talk to. Um, So, alright. Enjoy the show. I'm sitting in... Theater number three, Silver Docks. here. This is the first one. Here. Hold on just a, just a second mm-hmm. because he's talking a that. Yeah,
1: the same when I, I'm making film, all, this, all, this noise all the All
0: the noise in the background, right? But uh, I'm here with David Kinsella, who's a director of Love Letters from a Children's Prison. And I heard about this film last night at the gala reception saying, you have to talk to this guy. You know, he's from Norway, but obviously you're originally from Belfast. Yes. You've witnessed a lot of violence your life.
1: Yeah, I've been brought up in Belfast uh, with, uh, with people being killed and uh, uh, when I left I worked as a press photographer to move to Norway, where my family lives now. Uh, I decided that uh, whatever I make I'll always find something positive in everything. I think if, if the film's not good enough, it's not personal enough, it's a little bit like a picture, if the picture's not good enough, you're not close enough. I seem to have provoking subjects. Uh,
0: what made you choose this idea of going to Russia?
1: I was asked to go to Russia and give a master class I- in press photography. Uh, and then they asked me, was there anything I would like to do? Uh, as, I, as I said, a little thank you. And I said, maybe I could make a still story from, if do you have a children's prison? And they said, yeah. Uh, would you want a girl's or a boy's? And I was like, wow, you have girl's prisons and boy's prisons. Uh, so then it's it all started from there. And uh, the Stills Pictures, they won the documentary Stills uh, Photography of the Year in Ireland.
0: Beautiful um, photography, by the way. Absolutely yeah, beautiful. And I think that having that photographer's eye, I, I think that's what um, makes this uh, documentary so successful, aside from the subject matter.
1: Yeah, I think normally I don't like documentaries. They bore the ass off me. And there's always so many talking heads. And it's, it's always it's usually writers that find these stories, and they find stories that are that uh, are, it can be, can be a good story, but not visual. I, I want, things have to be, I have the background as a photographer. Uh, and I was talking to a, one uh, a professor in in film, and he says some of the, probably some of the best directors, they see the visual way of doing something. Uh, and that's what I've done uh, all my life, I've, uh, I've worked as, as a visual type. I pick stories that are uh, are visual, uh, and I do, it, I do everything Against the way of the uh, way the way they should be made, you know, all the rules of how a documentary should be made. I break, I break. Well, those if you saw the
0: film last night, it's like all the rules that have been made and yeah. need to be broken, or <laughs> there aren't no rules, and the the rules that aren't being made need to be broken. Yeah, anyway. but no,
1: normally you, you get a lot of film uh, documentary film directors. that are they're the old school. I don't want it to be looked like a documentary. I want people to ask at the end, is it real or is it is it just made up? I just think that's a new direction for films make a feature film with real people and real stories, but make it visual.
0: This is your US premiere. Mm-hmm. So what other fest- yeah, festivals I've won,
1: have I you? Won, I won the, the St. Petersburg uh, International Film Festival uh, and I won the 43rd uh, Belgrade International Film Festival. I won the critic award for best film.
0: When did you start showing it and what were the reasons that you chose these festivals to, to show your film?
1: Um, uh, well, it is my first film, uh, but no, the, the film was taken by the the Norwegian Film Institute so they have the job of marketing the film uh, around the world so it was sent to Silver Ducks and uh, but it's strange how this uh, the films really lifted me up to a level where I'm starting to get the funding that I need the problem is that this with all these films is getting the finance and the problem is television uh, they are quite conservative and TV companies, they—I w- they, uh saw
0: a few things in this film, and I'm
1: going, whoa! You know, I don't, I don't think they'd yeah, be able to show some of
0: this stuff on TV. Um,
1: but m- the more the closer that you get, as l- less l- less I said, I mean the most important thing—the film's not good enough, it's not personal enough—and uh, I don't have any barrier of what how far you should go. I go as close, in as uh, as and as personal as uh, as it's possible, as possible to get. So my little, I fly my little fi- flag mm-hmm. to uh, to try and bring. Um, Bring these uh, these these subjects and do them in a way which is different.
0: Well, good luck with your next film, and th- there's another one coming after that, correct? You said yeah, this, this is a trilogy. trilogy.
1: Yeah, the, the second one th- was actually going to be the, the ballet film, or ballet, um. which I got a I've got a had a forty-piece orchestra, and mm-hmm. I've got a whole I've got a soundtrack, forty-five-minute soundtrack. So the film is is being edited to the, the soundtrack, rather than rather than the, rather than the, other the opposite. Take get the music first and then we will put the pictures to the, to the music. That's
0: a very interesting way and a very interesting juxtaposition uh, yeah, of making film. Again, mm-hmm. that's
1: something that doesn't fit into documentaries. It's not a documentary style. Well,
0: things are changing so yeah. much now with the documentaries, and especially with the success of a lot of the, um, the theatrical releases recently. Mm. And I think people are taking more chances now.
1: Yeah. But, it, but again, you still I think we have to be uh, going the visual way and trying to m- capture a new audience, capture the ones that... M- that uh, never liked documentaries, but uh, think Hollywood ma- can make films of real people, real stories, rather than acting. I think that's uh, that's that's the future. I think. In
0: the cinema lounge here with Doreen Blunt, president. president of Women in Film and Video, Washington D.C., and producer editor at Hip TV. So this was the first day of Silver Docs, and you were telling me you were checking things out and then going back and doing your work the way you're supposed to be doing. So. What have you seen or what are you planning to see here? Well, I was really excited
2: about coming to the HD Seminar today because, you know, as a woman who's an editor, you know, technology and women, that's one of my passions. You know, I want to make sure that we have all of that information that's accessible in a way that women can visualize and grasp and thrive with the technology. And I was so pleased to find out today that with Rob Draper, the uh, facilitator at the HD Seminar, and Jeff, uh, I believe Jeff Cruz, was fabulous. And when women were asking questions, it was so nice to see that they were so um, helpful, so engaged in helping us to get to that next level. And not only to understand the technology, but to understand the reason why we want to get those beautiful images up on the screen. So I really enjoyed the seminar. Today. So they
0: had a different way of presenting the information, the format. I
2: found so. I'm a Final Cut Pro editor as well as an avid editor, and our technology literally is changing. There were a lot of women who were at the seminar today, and a lot of us asking what might be considered basic questions, but getting responses that recognize that we are all there to make beautiful images and to get our stories heard. So it was very empowering and very exciting today.
0: I was a dual member with uh, because I live in Silver Spring for 10 years, and you put on some really great programs that focus on technology. Absolutely, Um,
2: every year at the Washington DC chapter, we have a professional development seminar, which is a full day of information, all the things that producers would need to get their project done. And now this year, we're working on an HD seminar because we realize that technology not only changed the way that we access footage, but it also changes the images that we're accessing. We're going from 4x3 to 16x9. There's so many differences in so many areas of the business, and we at Women in Film and Video want to be able to say, we have access to the information to help you take your profession to another level. So that's my passion. That's what I try and do for women and for men, because 15% of our members in Washington, D.C. are guys have lots of guys who are members actually we have a gentleman on our board right now and I know that there have been three others who have applied um, and they're running to be on the board right now so guys are very much involved with women in film and video and I'm glad to say that we're reaching out and trying to help women get to the next level and we have lots of guys who are also
0: doing the same
2: I think that's just great. Well,
0: it's just a, a great networking opportunity for both men and women Absolutely because
2: none of us can do it on our own.
0: I think it is it is a tremendous opportunity for everybody there. So what films have you seen so far, or what are you planning on seeing? Well, I want to
2: see, there's a film on Sunday, which is about Guantanamo. And so I'm going through my book right now as we speak and checking off films that I want to see, and I'll be making mad dashes in between editing (laughs) and seeing a lot of films this week. How how would you compare this uh, film festival? This one has more of, a little less of a business feel and more of a family feel, if I could say. And that when I'm talking to other filmmakers here, it's just a more casual, relaxed atmosphere. I think we're all here because we love film. We love its power to tell stories. And
0: it's just a little different in that regard. There's been tremendous change in uh, downtown Silver Spring.
2: Oh my goodness.
0: From ten years ago, right? From I work
2: in downtown Silver Spring, so I've watched it grow from you know before Discovery Communications and AFI came here and to see all the changes that have happened, you know. I remember the first Silver Docks Festival a few years ago and you know, seeing the people on the streets, you know, sweeping the streets at the very last minute, trying to make sure that everything was ship before the first limousine rolled in front of the AFI theater. And I thought, how powerful is that? You know, film and storytelling it could be a catalyst for an entire community to be revitalized.
0: That's one of the things that I was very excited about when I lived down here, and I, I love the community, and everything you, that you need, you know. Parking for a quarter an hour. <laughs> oh, wait, oh, <laughs> let me tell you about parking here. Seven dollars a day, all day. And you could leave the parking lot and then come back. Right. <laughs> I know, it's so You uh, not get that anywhere else. I'm Toronto. So. Let's talk about parking. <laughs> Well, thank you so much. We'll talk soon because I'm really interested in seeing what uh, WIF has in store for next year. We've got a
2: lot of great things people can find out by going to www.wiflikevictor.org. So thank you very much for letting me have this time.
0: You're welcome. <laughs> I'll see you around this week. <laughs> Thanks a okay, lot. Okay, bye. Bye. We're on the air right now.
3: Hi, I'm Steve A.
0: Steve, what do you do?
3: Uh, right now, I'm having lunch with two beautiful women.
0: Nah. Uh, we have Melissa here. We also. have the
3: Emmy Award-winning Melissa here.
0: Mm-hmm. Melissa, leave voiceover narrator extraordinaire. Uh, you know, I go with that. I like that. I, I kind of like when, when people just gather around mm. and, and relax and start talking about. You gather around you know, with food you know, and keep
1: talking, settle in. Yeah.
3: yeah. This has been an incredible festival for me because I have a, I have met so many people in the last three days that I have not seen in 20 years.
0: Oh, that's
3: great! And it, it's every time I turn around, there's someone that I worked with, like in the, when I was first starting out in the business, in like the late '70s and early '80s, and I haven't seen them since. And they're here. And it, not only that, one of these people is married to one of the festival coordinators, who I just realized went to my high school.
2: It's a reunion for you.
3: It is. It's been. It's, it's not only that you get to see all of these great films and the great conferences. I mean, I think probably in any festival the people are at least half of the festival. Mm
1: -hmm. I
3: mean, you can have all the good films you want, but if you don't have great people who are attending it, you know, you might as well just get a DVD.
1: And talking about them, sharing the experience of going to the films.
0: Well, that's what's nice about Silver Docs is that they're creating these venues that the people that go to and then be able to talk about their films, you know, that they've seen or, or they're going to see. Well, when I saw you last summer, I hadn't seen you for 13 years.
3: Right. And the last it time I saw you, I hired, I was, you were working right. for me. That's
0: right, that's Skylar was
2: four weeks old. <laughs> <laughs> so, Steve, what do you do?
3: Uh, I'm a director editor, and uh, here at the conference, uh, I work as a location manager. We have conferences at various locations around the, uh, the AFI Silver Theater Discovery complex, and I manage one of the complexes that we use i've been doing this in my third year now doing this and actually it's been a, i've got a, i've been promoted this year they're actually paying me so i feel even better about it
0: well i think this whole silver docs uh, film festival has really just mm-hmm. been brought up a, oh this is, this is this is
3: becoming tremendous the first year that they had it i mean i heard a little something about it didn't even pay attention to it and then the next year that was the first year i came to volunteer for them i thought my gosh this is really incredible and this is I mean, you don't think of Washington, D.C. as being a film town. But really, the truth is, there are more documentaries produced out of this area than any place else in the country, mm-hmm. perhaps any place in the world. And now that we have all of these, these great films, I mean, three of the last four Oscar award-winning documentaries were screened here at this festival.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And the the number, I think this year there are 100 films shown? Yes. And we've come to realize that we don't have enough screens.
0: Well, you know, when you look at the schedule, it doesn't look like there's a hundred films. And when I interviewed Sky Sydney, I said, how am I going to see all this, all these films, and how am I going to get to all these conferences, and how am I going to get to the silver sessions? I mean, yeah. You can't. Right. <laughs> you have to, you have to pick and choose uh, yeah. and see, you know, hear
1: what's going on and everything, yeah. but make your own decision yeah. and make your own choices. Sometimes you have
2: to
0: walk in and out of a few different
2: things, you know, get a flavor of something, and then you move to something else.
0: That seems to be what I've been doing. Yeah, I'll, I'll stop in, I'll drop in here, here, yeah. trying to get into some of the silver sessions that are booked,
3: yeah.
0: solid, um, but very interesting.
3: Yeah, time. I mean, we're really finding that uh, this is becoming so popular now, we really have to spread out a little bit. We've uh-huh. got to have a little more room, more screens this year not as many films are showing on multiple times and Mm -hmm. there's a lot of feedback about that Mm -hmm. because uh, you miss your chance yeah you either you either see it the first time it's showing or you might miss it and typically i mean my favorite film for each of the other two years i've been here was a film i had no intention of seeing but the buzz built about it Mm -hmm. during the week friends that i i I knew had seen it say you have to see this and so then the last day or two, I'd catch it and go, "Oh my gosh, this is an incredible film."
0: What was it last year?
3: Last year it was a film that I wasn't going to see because it had a title that just completely turned me off. It was called uh, Darwin's Nightmare. Oh
0: yeah, yeah. That was an incredible
3: film. I think it probably deserves the award for the most misnamed documentary yeah. ever because it just doesn't convey what the what that film is about, and it's but an astounding story. Yeah, that was any award. Yeah,
0: was. But there was a film similar in title at Sundance. It was the Darwin Award, which is totally the the idea of somebody was very stupidly Mm -hmm. doing something that causes their own demise, something like that. But this, you know, was was totally different. I had no idea what it was all about.
3: Every fifteen or twenty minutes in that film, you think you get the story right up front, but every fifteen or twenty minutes, it feels back. And there's a whole other layer and angle to the story. And, and it just kept revelation. going and yes. going. Mm-hmm. So. But yeah. I'm going to have to split because okay. I've got to set up for my next conference
0: what at 2.30. Mm-hmm.
3: That's called The Great Debate.
0: What's that about? To
3: be honest, I don't know. Right. I'll find yeah. out.
0: We'll find out. Well, thank you so much okay. for uh, having lunch and then stopping to chat okay. and everything. And thank, thank you for video. showing me your technology. Podcast. And I will give you my card and you can okay. just check out the podcast. Sure. Right? Why don't you introduce yourself to me here?
4: My name is Brad Hosse, and I'm the director and shooter of short film Project B-Boy, and I'm joined this week with uh, Doug Shinneman, who is the producer and editor.
0: And you came from L.A.?
4: Kind of, yes. came from the West Coast. I just moved to New York, though, this week.
0: Oh, this week. So that's great. So we're going to be neighbors. Yes. Because that's really where I'm from.
4: New to the East Coast. Very excited about it. No,
0: I didn't see your film yet, but mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to it. I'm mm-hmm. going to have to like go to the library, unfortunately, because I don't think it's playing. I mean, it's screened twice, right? That's I correct.
4: If, 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 on Friday afternoon, and once again on Saturday evening.
0: Oh, this evening? Yes.
4: Ah, Not how do you quite. like the festival so it's far? It's been great. This is the first film that I've had in a festival, and so with that, also the first, first festival the Project B Boy has been in, and it's been incredible. I think. Uh, Just being around all the different filmmakers, but also the networking opportunities that Silver Docs really does set up and caters directly to the filmmaker in a very respectful and just exciting way. It's been a just fantastic time.
0: That's really great to hear because, you know, those are one of the things that I look for at a film festival.
4: One of the biggest things, I think, they have something called Silver Sessions, where it's pretty much a group of like 15 people, 15 filmmakers, and one executive, like National Geographic, or. Porchlight or HBO or something like that, and they set up a small little seminar, 30 minutes long. Instead of you hounding the person, they're almost there to meet you. It almost reverses the tables a bit, which is pretty exciting. They so set it up. A, it's a comfortable sort of situation for everybody. Very comfortable, yes. So it's a great networking opportunity, I think, for the filmmaker to meet the executives, but also for the executives to meet, you know, new upcoming directors and shooters and producers. So. It just really set up in a great way, I think. So.
0: That was some, one of the things that we were talking about even yesterday. We were at the quarry, right? We met up there. Mm-hmm. Um, I know a couple of the the people that were the executives in the Silver Sessions yeah. were saying the same thing. It was mm-hmm. like this was just a wonderful opportunity for everybody to sort of say, yeah. "Hey, how are you?" and everything. You meet somebody two days ago, now you're best friends. Exactly, and
4: it really breaks down the walls between, you know, the different sides, producers and directors and executives and TV and. And everything like that and just put it on one flat playing field for everyone to kind of come and mingle and yeah and it, it really does feel like I don't know, it reminds me back in the day like being at like a summer camp where it's like by, by day two or three you have a group of like best friends from all around, all different films, backgrounds and everything and it's just a really enjoyable experience I think for everyone.
0: Oh that's great, so this is the first film festival for your short film. For the short film and, and... tell me about your video. film.
4: My film, Project B-Boy, um, oh. It's actually part of a bigger project we're going to get funding for, which is a DVD with a bunch of complications. That would also go straight to the web market, which new media. But Project B-Boy Cujo uh, showcases one of the breakdancers, B-Boy Cujo, and uh, really just kind of showcases his abilities. And his uh, he's been around for quite a while in the B-Boy or breakdancers scene, as is known by the mainstream in the breakdance scene around the world, and really is pushed and evolved the scene with something really big, the moves and styles and controversy on, you know, what's, what's classical b-boying and what's not, and what can you do and can't you do, so he's an interesting character with that, with his uh, philosophy, but also he's partially deaf, so to be someone that is so relevant in the scene and has pushed it so far around the entire world, as he has, plus to have a disability, that he never really brings up unless you pull ahead of him and most people on the scene not have the clue that he's partially deaf
0: I know a little bit about breakdancing I see it on the street yeah. but that's it and you're uncovering these levels yeah. of factors that go into mm-hmm. these specific moves and, yeah. and, and things there well
4: even that and then once you get into that story itself so if you have some. I think a lot of mainstream things that break, break is dead if you look around the entire world in the bigger cities it's it's huge and it's flourishing it's got mm-hmm. new forms and everything like that but then you get the story itself, so, you know, I find this guy Cujo, worked with him on a few different things, say, hey, I want to do a documentary about you, and it's only then that you really dive in and find out about being partially deaf and being like, wow, I didn't come to you because of this, but as you start peeling away the layers, there's always something else there to be able to kind of dive into, find out, and pull out, and that's kind of interesting, it's always, a lot of times you don't jump into a project necessarily knowing you're going to find that, but... You end up, you know, you, you have your main focus, and you're like, this is going to be a great story. Next thing you know, as you kind of really get into it with that person, there's another layer there that's going to be an incredible story. That's why I love documentaries.
0: And I think this is a perfect place for you to um, to showcase it. I mean, your, your world premiere. Yes. Congratulations. Thank you. I look forward to seeing it. I'm going to make sure that I see it tonight.
4: Thank you. Okay. All right.
0: Before we sign off on this, you know, I'll just tell me about what happened at the. Um, they had a little. Oh, there you are. Here's a picture. of you playing the air guitar? This was the air
4: guitar. Yes. This is actually a Fender air guitar. Picked up a few oh, years tell ago. Me, tell
0: me what this is all about here because oh. I missed it. I'm, I'm really sorry I missed it, but I want to
4: see these pictures. You got to send these to me. What was uh, what was the name of it? Was it air Guitar air, Nation.
0: Air Guitar Nation was. Yes. It was a film that's being shown it was here. A
4: film? So part of
0: air karaoke they called
4: it. Yes, air karaoke. Air in a, in a kind of a bigger perspective, the whole week. They had different events, different social events to kind of get together and open bars and meals and things like that and certain events and one of them was karaoke, which instead of karaoke where you sing, play air guitar. And uh, so they got pushed up there and uh, ended up actually doing two performances. Had one solo, did a little Guns N' Roses action, found out, you know, five or six songs a bit long when you don't really have an instrument. But the second one around, we did a Blur woo a two-minute song. And I uh, see another girl's up there going nuts and figured, get an encore going on, so. You did a duet. Did a duet. It's quite fun. I think there's actually only one guitar in the song, but yet, it's their guitar, who, who cares? 20 guitars up there if you wanted to. Oh, well, I'm sorry I missed it. I'm yeah.
0: sure they took some video here. I'm gonna make sure that I catch it. I, I hope they don't have that.
4: <laughs> I'll just say this. There's a lot of footage out there of me that if I become successful, won't be good once that starts coming out. The moment I reach success is the moment I'm going to fail due to the footage of things like air guitar of me jumping off a stage and I actually broke one guitar, which I wasn't too happy about. You got a little too into it and started smashing it. But you had fun. I had fun. I had a good time, you know?
0: And I think you were very entertaining because somebody just came over here and said, hey, you were the best.
4: Yeah. I don't think that's good because... You know, you get an occasional person come up saying I saw your film, that's great. You getting more people complimenting the air guitar. So I'm wondering if I need to switch. But
0: Might be a new career. I don't know, I don't know. <laughs>
4: so a little side thing. Yeah, yeah.
0: All right. Well, thanks. I'm glad that uh, he came over here and mentioned yeah, it yeah. because uh, that was something that I thought about last night. I said, oh, I have to make sure that I talk to you about this.
4: You know, I spoke with the air guitar, the guy that was hosting it. He's actually on the film. And uh, they got a competition come up in New York, and I'm pretty excited. They Are you going to be there? A, I want to, yeah.
0: Uh, let me know when it is.
4: Okay. <laughs> you and uh, projectbboy.com. So we can check it out.
0: I will. <laughs> right, thanks. Congratulations. Sir. Thank you very much. The uh, music award for this yes. film, Rolling Like a Stone. I think that's very exciting.
4: How do you feel about that? I'm very, very happy. You know, we came here with no expectations. We we had a film that. With a story that is ra- rather local and it's a small story. We, we, our aim is, of course, to make a film that is universal in a, in a way, but we came here all the way from Sweden to, to see how the American uh, audience would react on our film. And I think we got the answer. I,
0: I saw the film, I really.
4: Thank you very much. And I don't know
0: what other film festivals you're planning on taking this to? Um, How did you get to uh, bring this here to so?
5: Actually, we don't really know. I guess somebody has, has uh, done something, which is a total surprise for us. We just got, got the information that we, uh, let, let the
3: producer.
5: Uh, I, I, we're going this here. I'm sorry. Uh,
0: That's all right. You're, yeah, you're, we're, we have
5: Magnus. Magnus? Yeah.
0: Magnus? yeah. How uh, are you? Magnus? It's
5: yes. so nice meeting you. It's
0: nice meeting you also. And uh, yeah, just, you just okay. Okay. Because, uh, yeah. Your, your film, your opening statement, and you, you were talking about how uh, you're, you weren't really sure how this, okay. this film was going to really uh, resonate with the audience. So yeah, yeah,
5: that's true. Because we, yeah. I mean, we have made a story uh, as Stefan told you from, from our, our society and. And it's, it's a slow-paced story, and it's a blues, and it's not a really a, a film with, with, with a fast editing and a, a, a big hip factor like that. So you, you'll never know how, how it works out. And we also have some, um, I think, some problems with the funding of our film, uh, because a lot of people in, in Scandinavia have told us, who wants to see a story on this people that are getting older pushing the 60s and and, and they still uh, are they are a bit pathetic there they, they try to hang on to to a very old dream uh, let's
0: well, just sort of a, put, put this in perspective this is a film these are home movies when the rolling stones came to perform in your town yeah yeah and then stayed at this uh, particular I and mean, then uh, there was another rock band going on that that's a home rock band and the Rolling Stones stayed with them for a few days and they had these home movies
5: that you buy. yeah I mean I mean the Rolling stones ended up at the at the, at the party where, where all the local uh, pop pop groups were and the Rolling Stones they were a bit tired uh, of this uh, touring all over, all over the world so they, they decided to stay for a week in this apartment in Malmo. And one neighbor came came down uh, with, with his film camera, a small 8mm film camera, and, and a shot like two, three minutes from it. And that was the starting point for our film. Really uh, made that the base of our film.
0: But I, I think it was, it was so artistic. And I think that's one of the things that I liked about it, that film quality, and then it became into a really, an artistic documentary, not just an informative, you know, this is what happened, but that that really turned it into something, and then you brought it to those people that did have that connection, or were in their path, let's say, and what happened to them, and how it affected their lives.
5: Um, Yeah, and and I think... uh, I mean, every documentary you make, you are aiming almost for the same things or existential things in life. And it doesn't really matter where, what kind of arena you have for it. It could be take place wherever in the, the whole world, people working in a factory or uh, pop groups in the 60s or, or if it's a concert pianist or a metal films. I mean, we're aiming for the same things all the time. It, it's about how, how it is to be a human being. Uh, it's about your dreams, about the identity, and uh, and uh, how how to to make the best out of your life.
0: And you said that you were surprised by the um, by the award that you that you did.
5: Yeah, I, I think we were surprised about the enthusiasm that we got from, from the American audience. Maybe I think maybe the, the distance from Sweden to, to the U.S. was a very healthy distance because in Sweden it, it might be too close. Uh, so so uh, coming here, people can see more the the universal themes in the story. And might the, be like that.
0: And the other thing that I thought was really fun
5: that you were saying that you found the Silver Spring. Yeah, we did. Yeah, that, that we made a documentary project on that, it, me and Stefan and the uh, Norwegian uh, director, uh, Janneke, so we, okay, I mean, in Sweden, we are, are more aware of the roots, origin of things, so we, we saw a picture in the, the hotel reception of the original uh, Silver Spring, a bit of water coming up like that, and, and we asked ask in the reception about that, oh, it doesn't exist anymore, it's a parking lot right now, you will never find it but we went out with a map and we asked everyone we met on the street where is the original silver spring and everyone said I don't know, I don't know, Yeah, I have no idea and, but finally we found one person, Bob was his name So, and he, he told us the way and then we found a very small little hut uh, with a a little, little water off the main road i mean where was
3: it I I heard about uh,
5: it you, I uh, Well, you pass the metro station and then you go to the left on this east west highway or there. it's like a few hundred meters away there. nobody knew about it except bob but we found it
0: well congratulations so, yeah, again. yeah. We're taking this film out on
5: the U.S. tour. to Thank you. So nice meeting you.
0: nice you, Thank you. All right. Well, I just have to uh, go back one of these days and um, locate that origin of Silver Spring figures it would be somebody from uh, across the globe that will pick up on one of these little things and and seek them out. Um, Those little things, you know, you never know. You're going to see a documentary about this next year. Anyway, uh, I didn't get to interview jurors because, well, they weren't around, you know. Sometimes you couldn't even figure out who they were unless you had the little uh, book with you and said, oh, this guy's a juror for for the Music award." The only one that I knew who was a juror was Peter Gabriel, and he wasn't there that I saw. I would have loved to talk to him. Anyway, I have two interviews that I saved for next show. My conversation with Frank Pasecki-Polson, director of Gorilla Girl, and that's because the film will screen in New York at the end of the month. We had a long talk about some of the things that... He went through and his ideas about documentary films. Also, I met the guys that run Big Sky Documentary Film Festival, Doug Hawes Davis and Damon Rustow from Missoula, Montana. They came out here scouting for films and uh, I spent a little time with them talking about uh, their film festival and other things and how they get the films, especially working through Without a Box. So, my thanks. out to all at Silver Docs. I had a wonderful time, and it's a great media and filmmaker friendly film festival, so put it on your calendar and get out there next year. And I would like to thank Without a Box for inviting me to be their guest blogger all last week. Kept me busy, and if you get a chance, check it out at um, withoutabox.com. And you'll see some of the other things that I've been uh, doing and writing about. There's just so much going on there. All right. I will um, finish up here for now. And until next time, thanks for listening.